It's time for Cootie Shots, where we tell you everything you need to know about vaccines. Spoiler alert, they're kind of important. And the boards agree, with this topic accounting for up to 5% of your exam. Pay attention. Hey everyone. So, as a lot of you know, we are done with all of the vaccines that you really need to know. Obviously, there are some other weird vaccines, but we're, we're just covering the bored ones. So now I've decided to talk about some special situations. Today, we're going to talk about post-exposure prophylaxis for vaccine-preventable diseases. So there are going to be five that we talked about today, varicella, pertussis, meningococcemia, hepatitis B, and haemophilus influenza type B. So let's get into it. First, I'm going to talk about pertussis. So this I've seen a lot on my on my own board study come up on questions. If you have a documented case of pertussis, who do you need to prophylax? The answer to this for pertussis is actually quite easy. It's everyone. So anyone with close contact to the patient who has pertussis should get prophylaxis with either azithromycin or erythromycin or clarithromycin. Any of the macrolides will work. Um, so this is any household contacts and any close contacts in child care. So basically, pertussis is everyone. It's the easy one. Next, we're going to talk about haemophilus influenza type B. This does not pertain to the non-typeable. This is just for type B, the kind that we vaccinate against. This one's a little tricky. The prophylactic agent, so the antibiotic you will give, is rifampin. However, it's deciding who to, who to give it to. So if you have a patient who has confirmed haemophilus influenza type B infection, then you need to decide if you're going to prophylax anyone in the childcare setting or in the household. So let's talk about household first. If everyone in the household is above 12 months of age and is completely vaccinated, so they've had their full series, the first three, the two, four, and six months that you get haemophilus influenza type B at, and everyone is immunocompetent, so there's no immunocompromised states in the house, and everyone is Im uh, fully immunized, then no one needs any type of prophylaxis. So that's the easy one. Okay, now, if anyone in the house of the patient, so the patient has a positive Hib, anyone in their house is under the age of four and has not received their full Hib uh, immunization. So they didn't get their full series yet of Hib. So whatever it is, if they're two months and they've only had one, then that counts. If they're three and they don't vaccinate and they've never had any of their vaccines, then this counts as well. So if anyone in the house under four is incompletely immunized, then everyone in the house needs post-exposure prophylaxis with rifampin. Similarly, if there's anyone in the house who's an immunocompromised child, then all members of the house also get rifampin. That's even if they're over than older than four. So any immunocompromised state in the house Everyone gets prophylaxis with rifampin in the whole house to help prevent the spread. If Remember, if everyone is healthy and immunized, no prophylaxis needed. Now, they do like to, I've seen this question come up multiple times on my, on my testing preparations. They talk about child care. So if this kid who is Hib positive is in child care or preschool, then the question is, who do we need to prophylax? 
So the answer is, if there are two or more cases of Hib within 60 days and they're unimmunized or incompletely immunized, then the children at the care, care um, the child care center should get rifampin. So if they are like if they're already immunized, then they're fine. But if they're not immunized, then they should get rifampin. If they if there's two or more cases in 60 days. So I've seen a couple questions where they only give you one case or they give you two cases, but they're, you know, a year apart. That doesn't count. Two cases in 60 days and someone is unimmunized in the center, then those people should be prophylaxed with rifampin and you should vaccinate them with Hib as part of their regular series. Okay, let's talk meningitis from meningococcemia. This one's actually fairly straightforward. It's a little less crazy than the hemophilus. So um, meningococcemia, regardless of immunization, sta- uh, immunization status, close contacts should be prophylaxed easily. It's also with rifampin. Um, you can also do Cipro, but um, rifampin is considered like the first line. The close contacts include household contacts, child care who, you know, basically came into any contact with them within the last week, any direct exposure to secretions. So let's say you were intubating the patient, then that would count um, for secretions and you should uh, probably do that. Any mouth, uh, mouth to mouth resuscitation, which hopefully no one, we're not doing anymore, but whatever. If you sleep uh, next to the patient or in the same house or area within the first seven days prior to infection, then that also counts. And any passenger seated next to this patient on a direct flight for more than eight hours, which is kind of crazy. So if they've been on a plane with them for like a long distance flight and you were sitting next to them, then you also should get rifampin. Okay, next up, hepatitis B. So this one, they love they loved asking this one, and that's fine. It's, it's not hard. So any infant who has some kind of exposure to hepatitis B, either like needle, needle stick or maybe mom has it, etc. any infant or unvaccinated person, you give them hepatitis B immunoglobulin and you give them the vaccine, hep B vaccine. You start their series. If they've received their full vaccine and, they're, and they're, they have seroconverted, you don't have to do anything. They're good. That's why you give them vaccines. Now, if they've had their full series, but they're not showing positivity um, to antibodies, then again, you need hep B immunoglobulin and you start the whole series over again. If you don't know anyone, check them again, the same thing. So it's not that hard. If they don't have vac- good vaccine, like they have no antibodies, then give them immuno- immunoglobulin and start their series over just regardless of age. Okay, last but certainly not least, varicella or chickenpox, right? Who should get post-exposure prophylaxis if they are around someone with chickenpox? Immunocompromised kids, you should give them, you should definitely give them uh, acyclovir. And um, you can consider actually immunoglobulin in this state, in this uh, case. So there is a varicella immunoglobulin um, that you can give. Pregnant women without immunity... So they who have not had their vaccines or have not had chickenpox in the past, this is a high risk situation. This is one of those torch infections. You don't want your babies, the pregnant babies to get, uh, to get varicella. So mom can get acyclovir and immunoglobulin. If you're a premature infant and you're still in the hospital, 
then yeah, that would be a reason to get both acyclovir and immunoglobulin. And then newborn infants within like five days, basically, of birth. So uh, if they are just out of the womb and they get exposed to varicella from maybe Big Brother or something, then you want to immuno, um, you want to cover them with acyclovir and immunoglobulin. It's not super hard, but this one can be kind of nasty in certain populations. So those, just remember that the high-risk populations are pregnant, immunocompromised, and little, little babies. So either premature babies still in the hospital or just born babies a couple days out. That's it. Hopefully that will help you get some points. They love to ask these questions. So listen to this over and over again, and hopefully that will help.